0: Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com
1: Welcome back to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. And welcome back. And I know you're not going to call us up, so I'm going to go right into our discussion. I so love doing tech radio with Barb Dibwad. Uh, she is so smart. She is so cool. As I said, she knows more about. Uh, she's forgotten more about tech than I know. So let's get right to it. Barb Dibwad, and she is the chief programmer, the head cheese at Tika.com. How you doing, Barb? I'm fantastic. How are you? We need a theme song. We got to get a theme song for when you come on. We got. We got to work. We on really this. do. <laughs> we need a girls gone wild in
2: tech mashup for sure.
1: That's it. So, okay, so I saw you at CES. We got to see each other for 10 seconds. <laughs> right. Because there was so much going on, it was ADD paradise. Tell me what oh, you yeah. think. What did you see?
2: I thought it was a, a lot of what we sort of expected to see. Definitely a lot of the major trends uh, that we thought we were going to see on the floor, we definitely did. So. Tablets were huge this year. You, you sort of couldn't swing a dead cat without hitting a tablet from someone. <laughs> 3D TV was also huge again this year, as it was last year. Well, let's One talk right now End. a little
1: bit. Barbara, let's talk a little bit. I called you Barbara. Is that okay? Do you die when I call Only you Only my mother
2: calls me that. Barbara?
1: Barbara? <laughs> let's talk a minute, little minute here about tablets, because what did you see? And, and then I have something to add in.
2: So... One of the most exciting things for me was to see the Honeycomb uh, new Android operating system. That's a new version for Android that's built specifically for tablets. Uh, okay, so right and
1: have... what does it do that's new? And let's say I have a Galaxy Tab. Will I be able to have an over-the-air update, or does it require hardware?
2: We haven't actually heard anything from Samsung on whether or not the Galaxy Tab will, will get the honeycomb upgrade. I, my hunch would be that you will be able to get it. And what's new about it is that it's been designed from the ground up for a tablet experience, unlike the earlier flavors of Android, which were much more oriented around a phone, a smaller screen. And you do find something that that is different when you open up that screen size, even to 7 inches or 10 inches, it's a whole different ballgame. So Google has gone back to the drawing board and really redesigned this experience around an actual handheld tablet device. And some of the it things needed, that they showed up on. It needed
1: awesome. it, I think, because Android on a tablet crashes. Just saying.
2: <laughs> Do you have the Galaxy Tab?
1: Yes, I'm using the Galaxy Tab. And, you know, I use all three OSs because I really like to stay on top of things. And I gotta tell you, and it was kinda interesting that we heard nothing from HP at CES. I mean, their silence was deadly, uh, about right. tablets. And yes. there is a rumor, and I just read about it this week, that on February 9th, they will be unveiling the WebOS HP tablets. No details. I can't find anything about it, but supposedly it's going to happen in February, and I'm very excited about that because I'm a huge fan of WebOS. I I really like it more than Android.
2: Yeah, I'm an old uh, Palm fan from back in the day as well, so I've been definitely looking forward to see what HP is going to be doing with WebOS. It's sort of interesting because last year at CES, everyone expected Microsoft to come out swinging with a tablet and Balmer right. did get up on stage and hold up an HP slate running Windows, and then later that year they acquired Palm, and uh, we stopped hearing about Windows 7 tablets coming from HP. So now it's definitely a, a Web OS game. I think it's great to get some more options in the marketplace for consumer. I, I feel similarly about uh, RIM's Playbook, which is their BlackBerry
1: Absolutely, tablet. yes, that's going to, yes.
2: I think for business uh, I, users that's going to be a great option.
1: You know, I just don't think that forgive me, my friends at Microsoft. I love you all, but I just don't see it translating as well because I think tabloid needs its uh, tablet, needs its own operating system. And the thing I like about WebOS is, and I have by the way, I have no dog in the fight on any of these, but WebOS, to me, is more like Windows in that you can have several programs open at once and you just swipe and reduce and swipe and enlarge. And you don't have to keep closing and opening like you have to do with uh, Android.
2: I agree. It's a, it's a very user-friendly experience. I always used to compare Palm sort of favorably to Apple in, in their design aesthetic of going for this very easy-to-use, very friendly, very intuitive interface. And Google comes a bit more from that engineering kind of background where there's a lot of functionality, but it's not always necessarily super easy to use there's a lot of power but it can also be a little bit intimidating so i think it'll be very interesting to see if WebOS ends up being a major competitor to to the ipad
1: i know i love it you know it's it's so much fun being in tech that we get to test this stuff out <laughs> so tell me what was your, what did you think of 3d tv i i sat through the panasonic demonstration did you
2: Uh, I didn't see the Panasonic one this year. I saw theirs last year. Pretty much everyone and their brother has a a 3D TV now, and there's also a bit of a race to try and get to that Holy Grail, which is the glasses-free TV experience, which I haven't been super impressed by
1: yet. Did you look at Sony, who had the glasses-free? Yes, I did. What did did, you think about it, really?
2: I was most impressed with theirs. I also saw... Uh, Microsoft had a Toshiba Cosmio laptop that was a glasses-free display, and I was n- not at all impressed with that one. But I saw Sony's uh, 3D portable Blu-ray player, which is actually not a released product yet. It's just a prototype. But I was pretty impressed because it didn't rely on you being in a certain position. It had a wide you know, view angle view. You could move around and still see the 3D fairly clearly, and I thought that was pretty impressive.
1: Okay, well, I have to give you my own invention, okay? Um, I'm not really all that interested in seeing 3D on my home TV. I'm really sorry. I don't think it's worth the extra money, whatever it is, because obviously if Blu-ray is so much more expensive than old DVDs, 3D is going to be even more expensive, and I don't care that much. So this is my invention, Barb. Tell me what you think. I've been testing a Lenovo M90Z, which is a 23-inch touchscreen, okay? How about a television that's a touchscreen, and you can move your shows around. (laughs) I like that idea better than 3D, actually.
2: You know, uh, actually, there was someone showing off a touchscreen TV at CES this year, which was LG. They launched a new smart TV platform, and they also launched Touch TV, which basically turns your TV into a huge touchscreen that you can interact with, which I totally agree with you. I think it's awesome. I think it's sort of the next logical evolution of where TV is going now that we have so many other touch screens in our lives.
1: Yeah, I know. I I feel very Matrix when I'm standing in front of the computer and I'm moving the windows around with my hands, you know.
2: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or Minority Report.
1: Exactly. You got it. Right, right, right. So uh, before we go to break, we have just a couple minutes. Um, What else did you think about 3D TV? Is this something that you want to have in your home?
2: This was actually the first year that I kind of jumped on the bandwagon. I definitely had been skeptical in a couple of years past. I feel like Avatar was definitely a watershed moment for 3D in general, and and that was sort of the aha moment for for me personally. And I feel yeah, like but you're now talking
1: that, a 40 foot well, screen for Avatar.
2: That's true. That's true. But once you get used to that experience, people are definitely going to want to have that in the home. The other thing that I think is going to happen is that it's going to become a commodity so that the next time you buy a TV, it's going to be the same price to get a 3D TV or a 2D TV, or you're going to start to have a hard time finding a 2D TV, and it'll just be an option that comes with your TV that you can take advantage of if if you want to.
1: Well, you know, you have to uh, Google the word 3D porn to see how much of that is (laughs) pummeling its way into the industry. I mean, seriously, the Huffington Post did an article about that at the Adult Entertainment Expo, which I didn't go to. (laughs) Like, there's enough tech, I really... Sure, um, sure, (laughs) you're right. (laughs) (laughs) But there's enough tech, but I think 3D porn is going to, what can I say, do a lot more to keep people separated. (laughs)
2: Hey, it uh, it certainly kick-started a lot of other industries. The the Internet, you know, not immune as well, so I don't see why it would be any different in 3D. (laughs) Uh,
1: It's absolutely amazing. What else did you see at the show that kind of caught your eye?
2: Well, one of the newer trends that was sort of just beginning last year that's now in full force is 4G, which I'm extremely excited about as, as a total phone nerd. Um, and I've picked up the the Sprint Overdrive, which is their 4G uh, mobile hotspot device, and I'm I'm a total convert. I I can't wait until every network has 4G blanketed everywhere. It's just a much faster experience. The connection's more reliable. I can load up 10 tabs in my browser and have them load quickly, just about as fast as I would at home or in the office on Wi-Fi. And I think we're only just seeing the very beginning of what changes that's going to bring about, both in terms of applications and ambient notifications and high bandwidth things like streaming video, streaming music. I think it's going to be uh, a sea change in what we can do in terms of mobility while we're out and about with our devices. Well, you
1: you missed our interview with Verizon. In the new Android phones that they're coming out with, it will have 4G and built-in hotspots. I mean, built into your phone. For an additional $20 a month. For an additional $20 a month, you can run your whole house off your phone.
2: Exactly. And I think that's really the holy grail because people are not going to keep paying another $30 a month just to get their next device connected. They don't want to carry around a phone with a data plan and a tablet with a data plan and a laptop with a data plan. They're going to want to have one device that gets them Internet connectivity for everything. So I think it's a great trend.
1: So there's our music. We're going to go to break for about three minutes, and then we're coming back. And, uh, Barb, you're going to wait with us, and we're going to have more of Girls Gone Wild in Tech, although we're not terribly wild. What can I say? Uh, Stay with us. This is Marcia Collier with Barb Dibwad on WS Radio, the worldwide leader in Internet talk.
0: You are listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marcia Collier.
1: Welcome back to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Uh, Marsha Collier here along with Barb Barb Divwad from Tika.com, chief programmer and head smart chick. Love her. And Barb is here to talk a little tech with me. Keep you happy on a Saturday or whenever you're listening to us. Uh, You know, we had a guest from Verizon talking about the iPhone, but realize, hey, they were from Verizon. If we want the straight-down-low information, I'm going to ask Barb and ask her what she thinks about it. What do you think, Barb, about the upcoming Verizon iPhone? Will they be able to keep their system up with all the people flooding to it?
2: They're certain, certainly doing a lot to assure us that they have prepared adequately. So I, I have high hopes. Uh, I, I've been a Verizon customer myself as well as an AT&T customer for the past several years, and I've definitely been among the uh, complainers about the AT&T service with my iPhone. So, you know, I want to believe. <laughs> I definitely want to believe that it will be a better experience.
1: <laughs> yeah, we all want to believe, kind of, you know, like a Josh Groban song or something. But right. what else What, do you, what else do you think is going to happen? I've, we've already talked about the fact that it will be a hotspot. Uh, any other reasons for people to get it versus AT&T?
2: If the coverage is better in your area, if you're completely sick of AT&T service or if you're on AT&T right now and you're out of contract or you're on Verizon right now and and you're ready to renew, um, I think iPhone 4 is a great device. I think in many ways it's sort of the iconic smartphone out there right now, even though Android is certainly giving it a run for its money. Nothing really matches the iPhone in terms of ease of use, the sheer breadth and depths of the App Store, and combined with Verizon's awesome 3G network, I think it's going to be the phone to beat for, for a good while.
1: Well, as long as we're talking about awesome operating systems, what have you got on the iPad too? The people on Twitter want to hear about this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, as happened with the original iPad, a lot of information started coming out about the device long before it was actually released. And so now the, the expectation is that it will probably be released sometime in April, uh, which matches up well with Apple's preferred annual release cycle. They like to upgrade their products once a year. And some inside sources have revealed that the design is going to be a bit thinner than the current iPad. It's going to be a little bit more rounded.
1: Yeah, well, the the, screen- the, the, the iPad is a little heavy, too, please.
2: <laughs> right. So yeah, we would hope that to see it get a little bit lighter as well. Uh, we should also see it get a higher resolution screen, a lot like the iPhone Four's Retina display, which is really just eye poppingly gorgeous. So we'll we'll see the iPad benefit from that. It's
1: okay. So what get- that means, what that means basically is when you FaceTime with people, you assume there will be two cameras, right?
2: That's one of the other uh, leaks, yes, that it will have a, a, a rear and a front-facing camera, so you can do face videos. Okay, time
1: video. so I think we need to start a big market right now on stands, because you really don't want to be holding an iPad with higher resolution up to your face so the person you're talking to can see every, every pore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's high resolution enough, and I have my iPod that I have in a little stand across my kitchen and I talk to friends on FaceTime, you know, but I'm not giving them the high-tech close-up. And I'm thinking on the iPad that might be a little more dangerous.
2: That's true. And, uh, you are you know, if you're a, a work-from-home type, you're going to ha- have to actually get dressed up uh, and be presentable next time you, you get on that conference call.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking I'll get my makeup tattooed on. You lead the way. <laughs> there you go. See, that's convenience factor. Exactly, exactly. So anything else on the iPad, too, that you think is going to rock our world?
2: It's also expected to get an SD slot, which is great for any folks who like to transfer files back and forth, photographers, um, people who are taking pictures and want to get them directly onto the iPad. Right now, you can get SD card reader for the iPad, but it's an external uh, dongle that Apple is happy to charge you twenty
1: nine dollars for don't so you just love that, and you used our favorite word ding 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 dongle love that word, <laughs> <laughs> but you know the thing about now does the iPad currently like support wi uh wi fi from an iFi card yes. Okay, so p- for people who don't know what that is, this is an SD card that you put in your camera that has Wi-Fi built into the card. It would just seem to me that camera makers should have jumped on the bandwagon sooner about Wi-Fi right from the camera. What do you think's holding that back?
2: I think a few people are doing it. Uh, Samsung has, has a nice line of digital cameras that has Wi-Fi built in. Uh, I think probably most manufacturers keep an eye towards keeping cost down, and they know that not everyone wants to use that feature. So, you know, to keep keep that at the lowest price point possible, they, they don't worry about it. And they know with devices like iFi, if people want to have that functionality, they're certainly welcome to go out and get it. Um, but a, a few folks, S- Samsung most notably, have built it right into the camera, which is a nice feature.
1: Well, I'm such a tech sucker. I bought the uh, Canon, I forget model number whatever with the huge screen in the back which is a touch screen <laughs> I mean I like I, like it. The, I like I well the camera flawless pictures uh, it's just wonderful and the SD card obviously you can use anywhere I am not using an iFi card because honestly I think it's a little pricey solution no offense to iFi
2: It is a little pricey but if you are someone like me who takes a lot of pictures on my phone and wants to upload them immediately it's it's almost Uh, you know, it it seems like a step backwards when I'm using my my DSLR or my point-and-shoot that I can't actually upload those immediately. So I haven't actually gone out and gotten the the iFi yet just because I do have the the phone at the ready to handle that for me. But actually one of the new features that they announced this year at CES is they have a new feature for the iFi cards where you can actually send the photos right from your camera to your phone if you want to share them someplace specific. So imagine uh, if you're an iPhone user and you use Instagram, which is a really popular right. photo-sharing app right now, you could take the photo with your nice camera, beam it right over to your iPhone, and then share it on Instagram, which I think is kind of a cool feature.
1: Well, somebody on Twitter, uh, Mr. Fax Bucks, uh, mentioned that he's waiting to get the new X2 series with the direct transmit capability.
2: Yep, that's exactly it. That's the direct transmit uh, ability to, to shoot it right over from your camera to your phone, and then you have a lot more options in terms of where you can share it, because iFi itself connects to certain services like Picasa, but if you use another service that it doesn't support, then you'd have the, the opportunity to send it to whatever social sharing service you want.
1: Exactly, exactly. I, I think I think that's a great option. So what else have you seen? what do you we're going to go to break in just a second so it has to be something short (laughs) i think
2: uh green is uh, again another big theme that that happened again at ces but we're getting a bit closer one of the devices i really liked was the ge nucleus which is a little sort of looks like a wall wart for uh, devices that you plug into the wall and it basically talks to your energy grid in your house and feeds you back all this mountain of very detailed information about how much electricity your appliances are using and how much it's costing you. And then you can actually start to control certain things like when you're going to run that next dryer cycle. You can say, you can get a notification that says, hey, you're at peak pricing right now would you like to hold off on this load? And you can actually press the button and defer it until the cost goes down to less than peak pricing. And I think that's just sort of the beginning of where we're going in terms of the connected home and and energy management in the home, and I think that's pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, uh, because I talked earlier about the cost of electricity here in Cal. Oh, my goodness. Barb, we are done. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. How did we do this? We were supposed to talk all about Tika. Quick, tell us about Tika.
2: TECA is personal technology simplified for a mainstream audience.
1: That's T-E-C-C-A dot com. Go visit Barb over there. Barb, why does the time get away from us? We really have to take an hour next time. This is Marsha Collier on WS Radio. You've been listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Produced by Brain Food Radio Syndication, global food for thought.
0: It's a fact. Thousands of real people all over the world are quietly building large personal fortunes from home without ever touching any products. Join us now global domains international and dot w s website domain names are becoming household words get started now for free at www.prosperity.ws that's prosperity.ws as in website when it comes to
3: purchasing your next digital camera there is only one name you need to remember canon Everyone goes to Vegas at
0: some time for business or pleasure. Why pay for overpriced hotels? WS Radio has a super deal two nights and three days for only 30 bucks. But there is a catch you need to listen to a one hour seminar. But hey, for
2: 30 bucks, you can't beat it. Learn more at wsradio.com forward slash Vegas. That's wsradio.com forward slash Vegas.